Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Brooklet Games. Go to patreon.com backslash Brooklet Games for beautifully crafted content that provokes creative problem-solving and dramatic scenarios. Brooklyngames.com, find zines and more, patreon.com backslash Brooklet Games. Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, joined today by my guest, Onslaught Six, owner of Tidal Wave Games. Welcome. Hey, great to be on here. It's weird hearing you do the intro without the music before it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never listen to the music. Because <laughs> I, I, I listen to the tail end because I'll put it on there. <laughs> right. And I'm always editing, so I, I can't. <laughs> Anyhow, you've got you've got a game called... Uh, CU Space Cowboy. CU Space Cowboy. And that's out. And you've got one coming. Is it coming out called Series is that uh, the expansion? Got, um, the uh, setting book, Saris the Planet Never Sleeps for CU Space Cowboy. Oh, I was pronouncing it incorrectly. Can you pronounce it again? The the joke is that nobody knows how to pronounce it. Because, well, here's the thing. Saris, <laughs> I call it Saris. Other people, it, literally in my own uh, company, call it Ceres or uh, uh, Kedes or however you want to say it. I think canonically on the planet, they can't even decide how to pronounce it <laughs> is the thing. So uh, CU Space Cowboy is his own role-playing game. It's basically, if you want to play Cowboy Bebop, uh, it's that. Oh, awesome. Uh, it's uh, available on Exalted Funeral right now, or you can grab it at our own store, store.tidalwavegames.com. But it's basically, it's almost PBTA-esque, but it uses its own unique dice system. Uh, it doesn't use any D20s. I you, Normally, I have the pitch thing right here on the back, but I did not do that correctly. So, <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but So, Saris is coming out. That's the big thing we got coming out. That's The PDF is supposed to drop by the end of February. It is a 40-page setting and bounty module is what we call them. Oh. It's going to have 18 bounties that you can hunt. So, 18 people who have done horrible crimes and what they look like, and they're all going to have little pictures that you can show your players. And it's going to have 36 sci-fi space locations. So Ceres is the planet that never sleeps. Because Ceres is a real asteroid in the asteroid belt. Yes, it is. If people don't know that. It used to It used to be, it's actually bigger than Pluto. And at different points in time, they're like, is Pluto a planet? Is Ceres a planet? Yes, no, the other. And so I've always been fascinated by that. And so I set a big mega planet city on Ceres for my sci-fi game as soon as I had one. Oh, I'm a, I'm a sci-fi uh, geek, I'd say, to some extent. Probably more so when I was younger than I am now. But I have to, and you have to forgive me for this. I'm, I'm just saying something horrible. But Ceres, the first thing that pops into my mind is the Expanse these days because they did a lot of Ceres Station seen it. on there and they do a lot of like mining there and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. So I'm kind of thinking it's cool that you're doing yeah. this. Um, and, and those are, I love the books. They're great. So this is Cowboy Bebop's kind of the inspiration, but the serial mm-hmm. numbers are filed off. Can you tell me about the dice system you've got going there? Because I'm I'm always curious about a, a mechanics of a game. Uh, yeah, so you have four stats. 
and they are inspired by the stats from the old West End Games Ghostbusters game, if anybody played that. Oh, I have uh, played that. Yes, I have. So the, <laughs> the stats are the same. They're called Muscles, Moves, Brains, and Cool. Right? <laughs> yes. And then you have, um, so you pick a uh, D6, a D8, a D10, and a D12, and you assign those to your stats. And then whenever you do something, let's say I have a D12 Muscles, Whenever I do something that involves muscles, I roll a d10. If I get a five, if I get a one to four, it's a failure. If I get a five to a nine, it's a partial success. And if I get ten or above, it's a success. And you also, like Ghostbusters, have talents which you can you make up what they are. So they can be as hyper specific or super generalized as you want. And then that will let you add the d4 to your um, to your roll. So I've got uh, I I have d12 muscles. But I'm kicking open a door, and my talent is kicking, so I get to roll an extra d4. That means I can get up to 16, and I only need a 10 for a complete success. And now there's a lot of elements to character creations, it looks like here, like things like bonds and stuff like that. Can you talk a bit about what we're doing when it comes to making a character? It seems like fleshing out some sort of background to help with the could you expand on some of that yeah yeah um you have to um so your bonds is you have to explain how you know all the other characters and uh you also have to choose a debt or a regret <laughs> which is every character either owes somebody money or there's something horrible that happened in their past and during the course of uh cu space cowboy campaign which i think typically lasts around like 12 to 16 sessions you're either going to uh, resolve your debt, like pay it off, or you're going to like take care of what's wrong with you emotionally. And that will uh, like give you that. That's basically the only way you level up in the game. I'm going to ask a little bit about series. What kind of things can you expect in series? Could you maybe tell us a little bit about the setting you've created there a little more? Oh, yeah. Uh, Saris is our own version of uh, Night City, uh, Space Vegas. Blade Runner, L.A., Hong Kong and Ghost in the Shell, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we got a whole section that's a mall with Ford, co- Ford Court, a food court. It's got a toy store. It's got like a shady like collectibles guy. <laughs> uh, we got a whole like horrifyingly poor uh, slumlord part of town uh, with like a shantytown village and a junk sh- junk junkyard guy who's like a cyborg. You know, we have we have gigantic towers where they make bugs for food there's a space mafia you can fight the space mafia (laughs) they control they control a big black pyramid casino that's like their hideout uh there's restaurants in there there's hotels there's places to shop there's places to get shot at oh my Uh, watch out there (laughs) i often ask folks where it is they got their start in gaming I, and because you seem to be doing a sci-fi game oh we get we get a lot of fantasy games sci-fi games seem to be a mm-hmm. little less common coming around so where did you get your start in gaming and what led you to putting your game out there i came in through the back door through like the final fantasy series and my father had a game on the nes called wizardry actually wizardry 2 and if you know wizardry wizardry is basically an ad and d port it's basically like a like a first person dungeon crawler that's literally literally it has Thacko in it. <laughs> oh, it does it? The rules off the, yeah, it literally says your Thacko on the screen. That's how like hard they ripped off the AD&D rules, right? And so I find out that like actually Wizardry is based off of this thing called Dungeons and Dragons. It's a tabletop, it's like a pen and paper role playing game. And that was the big phrase in my head 
when I was a kid. So I start looking up what this is. And then I remember that we had, at one point we had bought a Ghostbusters board game. And then we sat down to try and play it one time. And my mom goes, all the players have to read this big, thick book. And then <laughs> one player has to read this book, this big. We're not doing that. And we put it in the closet and never played it. Suddenly I, I see the box and I see role-playing game. And I'm like, this is a Dungeons and Dragons. But you can do it with <laughs> Ghostbusters. That's weird. It all spiraled out from there. Just from the ads in there, I looked at Paranoia. I found out about that. I played a little bit of D&D and... Then I got real big into it when uh, Fifth Edition came out, mm-hmm. but I've always had an interest in like Cyberpunk and Shadowrun and different oh, yeah. different styles of tabletop RPGs. But did you? I mean, are you? Are you have you been a big Shadowrun st- player and what? Because you definitely I've never have. Play, a... I've never oh, played no. a single game of Cyberpunk <laughs> or Shadowrun, but I, but I've always read the books and been like, That's oh yeah. Cool. Oh yeah, <clears throat> you seem to have a very specific. Uh, what's the word I'm looking like the, with the cowboy bebop kind of the anime and the sci-fi? There seems to be a very specific uh, inspiration you have going on there. Could you speak to some of that? Or uh, yeah, I just watched a lot of Adult Swim when I was growing up. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I feel like I feel like that, and I feel like there's a paper to be written about the intersection of like uh, mid late millennials who grew up with like unstructured forum role play and mm-hmm. like the systems of dungeons and dragons and other tabletop role playing games and how they are intersecting i think right now in a generation of players who maybe are le- being left behind by like the dragon game i'm i'm curious to know about that cuz i that's not a thing i have exposure to i've met a few people who were into some of those forum role play type things yeah, I have all sorts of friends who are who are from that. I did it too. Yeah, I, I I'm curious curious if you could speak to that because because I'm not that's a world that's alien to me. When I I didn't grow up with computers, I didn't touch computers until I was in the Marine Corps. Um, so a lot of that was alien to me. Like I was kind of you know what I'm saying. So yeah, could I you... think you're a little older than me too. I'm like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Could you speak but... a little bit to some of that? Because I'm curious to know more about that. Yeah, I think I think there's a whole bunch of people whose experience with role playing through that like unstructured forum kind of um collaborative fan fiction type thing. Yeah. Um, was very they they care about their characters and the emotional journey and where they connect and stuff like that. And so the system design of I think a lot of mainstream RPGs doesn't actually give a shit about that most of the time. No, (laughs) especially in the OSR scene and stuff like that. Not that I don't like those games. I just got my old school essentials Kickstarter and I'm having a blast running that for my local group. It's (laughs) the the gold foil on those boxes is unbelievable. I hope that I can produce some books that look like that someday. (laughs) No doubt, no doubt. But yeah, I think this, I think the intersection of those is very interesting. And I think a lot of people aren't being served for that. And so I try to create things that that are based on that. We released a one page RPG called a regular mm-hmm. that literally uh, one of your main stats is that you have trauma. And the only way to reduce trauma is by re- role playing with the other players in between like deadly missions where you kill evil robots. Yeah. And it's like, man, you know, when we were out fighting that robot, you know, he blew up that whole building and I heard, you know, what happened and I, I i feel i have trauma about it and you have to talk to another player about it and then your stress gets reduced it's, it's interesting now when you're playing something more free form like that in those role plays was there any kind of like 
Like, was there an element of combat in those, or how does that stuff work? No, a lot of the time, somebody would you, you would you would if you're if you're two characters like in forum role play, if you're two characters were on a collision course, you would like private message the guy and be like, "All right, how do you want to handle this? Do you want to write it or should I write it?" And whoever <laughs> whoever's better at writing combat scenes would be like, "Okay, you write it," and it's more it's better if your guy wins because a lot of the time somebody would pick the obvious good guy and somebody would pick the obvious bad guy. Yeah, I say I've never. Uh, we tried uh, at some point in time recently. We tried an online uh, role play, like forum type role play on Discord, and I'll be honest, I was lost. <laughs> A lot of the time, it's through. Uh, they call it play by post too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had tried. It's, some... it's very similar to that. Yeah, I was lost, and we did use. I think some sort of. We used a system. I can't remember the system. It was some sort of D six based. I want to say. Cthulhu system, but I was I had a hard time figuring out what was going on and what to do. <laughs> I was that was a little bit different than what I'm used to sitting around a table. Right. Um, and I think there's like I think it's interesting to look at that because like I'm definitely not the first original like D D role-playing generation. They were probably a decade before me. I didn't get into the games until like the late 80s. And there were mm -hmm. folks getting into role-playing games in like the early mid-70s. And I feel that like what prompted people to get in at different eras seems to be slightly different depending on what they were in culturally. Uh, so like you mentioned something like like Adult Swim, which is I remember when Adult Swim came out um, wasn't a thing that I grew up with. Like when I was I had influences as a kid, I think that it's interesting to see how I think that that maybe even even impact how people pick up Dungeons and Dragons, the name brand Dungeons and Dragons itself. Would you say I'm offered? <laughs> no, I agree. I think a lot of people now are coming to the game through other things. I think a lot of people have like heard of Dungeons and Dragons or tabletop role-playing games and admired it from afar, especially like weirdo millennials who grew up without friends at home, but made friends on the internet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I was I was a kid who I could <laughs> if I if I had every D&D book, I you could not have gotten a kid in my house to play it to save oh, your no. life. It would not have happened. It would not have happened. But I go online and there's tons of people and the technology in the early to mid 2000s just wasn't good enough that you could hop on a Discord call with three or four of your friends and roll dice for 4 hours and have a great time. Now we're in that era and I think it's amazing. Yeah, it is cool and I was saying recently like had I uh been able to do something like like what I do here when I record with Zoom and with Discord and stuff like that um, back in the 90s and stuff after, you know, when I moved away from friends and went on to live my life through different parts of the country, I would have probably tried to keep some of my game group going and, and, and whatnot and kept in contact playing, but that wasn't really an option. I guess I could have tried a conference call. <laughs> yeah. So, could you tell folks you got anything else planned, anything coming up that you have for the future for the game uh, or anything like that? Yeah, we got a lot of stuff in the fire. I am working on basically like a fantasy hack of Spew, Spew, CU Space Cowboy. I'm calling it Crawl. It exclusively is like there's the dungeon in the town. There's no overland travel. There's oh. nothing like that. Uh, the item list is like super simple. Mm -hmm. And like I'm, tr I'm trying to boil it down to its barest essentials for me. Um, and I'm going to be playtesting that pretty soon with some dungeons that I am with a dungeon that I am building for Sean McCoy, who runs Mothership. Yes. Is, um, he just posted some, his new journal for 2023. 
which has uh, on one side, it's got every day of the week and the other side, it's got a grid and he's building a mega dungeon one room at a time every day for 365 days, 12 levels for 12 months. I think it's called uh, Dungeon 23. And I got so excited that I started doing it two, two or three days ago. I, I did for next year. I did see. I saw that. I saw that on the internet. I was. I was so, like, oh, maybe I should. Like, I don't know. Can I do that every single day? Do we got time for another thing. <laughs> I, I think. Cool. I think by keeping it to only one day a week, mm-hmm. I think that's going to prevent the burnout and keep you excited and hungry for what the thing is. Because that means I can now spend all day thinking about what this room is going to be before I have the yeah. the fifteen minutes on my lunch break to sit down and be like, okay, it's this. <laughs> anyway, hopefully I keep up with that and in 2024 I can run a Kickstarter for that mega dungeon book. That will be so are you right? I mean like are you putting it in a in a notepad or are you doing it on the computer? No, it's all it's all physical. Oh, excellent. I can't I can't, <laughs> I can't prep or write on on a computer uh because my, unless I sit down to do it because my work schedule means I'm constantly I work overnights. So mm-hmm. I'm constantly out and yeah. like working overnight and at my job and I'm sleeping during the day a lot of the time. So. Yeah. Oh, I get, I get that. Yeah. And, and I have a heart. I can't where I'm where, when I'm working, I can't be at computers and, and, and whatnot. That's a lot exactly of folks it. have those kind of jobs. They can do emails. Yeah. It's not like if I have an idea, <laughs> I, I jot it down in my phone and hope I, that I can, you know, yeah, I get, I got notebooks. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk to you. Uh, could you tell the listeners where they can find you online and where they can find your stuff? Uh, I'm at Onslaught6 on Twitter, uh, at Tidal Wave RPG. if you want to hear what we're working on, if you want my bad 5e hot takes, if you want, <laughs> uh, you know, random shit posting about game design. Uh, if you go to TidalWaveGames.com, you can get all our info and links to all our to our discord uh all our other platforms um cu space cowboy is available now on exaltedfuneral.com. hopefully saris will also be there when it comes out we're hoping that physical will be around april of next year pdf we're shooting for the end of february um and you can also pre-order that physically at store.tidalwavegames.com Excellent. Thank you for coming on. It's been great getting a chance to talk. Thanks for having me on. No doubt. No doubt. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, give us a positive review wherever you're listening. You can find us on Facebook. Search Wobblies and Wishes. Wobbliesandwishes.com is our blog. I'm on Twitter at Logar Hail Crom. I'm on TikTok now at Logar Hail Crom as well. We're on Patreon. We can always use the support. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Wobblies and Wizards. And as always, keep those dice rolling.